every year more people are killed by coconuts falling out of trees than they are killed by sharks. Yeah, you heard me right. All this and more coming up next. Roll tape. That's right. Just when you thought it was safe to stand under the coconut tree, here comes a big old mother just coming down to crush your head like a melon. Can you believe that? I mean, they're pretty big if you take a good look at a coconut. Pick one up at the supermarket. I bought one one time, actually. A lot years ago. I think I bought it when I was in college. I'm like, they had whole coconuts just sitting, sitting in the produce aisle, right? And they're, some of them get to be pretty massive, you know? That thing will just... That'll cave your noggin in like you would believe. You know, but what a way to go. I don't know which I'd, I'd prefer. I mean, being killed or eaten by a shark sounds a little more heroic than, you know. Well, dad was just standing under a coconut tree on vacation there. Mom was about ready to take his picture. They were in Bora Bora. And coconut just came out of nowhere. Just crushed it. <laughs> it's like... Like an anvil dropping on a watermelon. Just barbaric. What kind of epitaph is that? Here lies dad, killed by a coconut. (laughs) But when I bought that coconut too, it was a son of, like, just, I don't know. Like, when I, first of all, it was a son of a bitch to just open. Like, you need, you need a machete or a hammer. You know, once you're in, it's like, hmm. The coconut milk's all right. I don't know. Just looks like dishwater. Doesn't really have a flavor. Because we're used to, like, the processed stuff, the sugar. So you're kind of anticipating maybe a sweetness. But it's just flesh. It's just a strange fleshy thing. Like, I mean, who is the first, you know, that's one of those things. Like, I saw a meme. I saw a meme I sent to, uh, I sent to, uh, my daughter, let me see. Let me see if I can find it. It says, uh, here it is. Uh, shout out to all the early humans that died trying to figure out which plants would get us high, right? You know, so like, you're just kind of wandering through the forest and you're like, oh, well, that's the one that killed Bob. And that's the one that tastes like shit. That's the one that made Ted see God but like you come across a coconut you're like I don't know what happened like they're way the fuck up there too somebody just probably was like I'm gonna go up and get that furry hard bowling ball and I'm gonna see what's in it you know <laughs> and uh, or I don't know maybe the first maybe that maybe they discovered it by accident maybe it did crush you know, the leader of the tribe's head or something, you know. Oh, old, uh, old Grack. Grack the inhaler. Leader of the tribe. You know. They're just standing under the coconut tree just waiting to, you know, waiting to kind of figure out what he's going to do for dinner or something, you know. And, uh, just out of nowhere. Just start hairy little bowling ball just caved his melanin but oh but hey speaking of caving your melanin shout out to uh, Aaron Ju- uh yeah Aaron Judge 
broke the uh, American League record. I didn't realize that was, uh, I guess it was the last day of the season. I don't really watch baseball as much anymore. It's kind of like, I think it's just kind of, it's out of touch. Like, they're all millionaires, like, uh, just playing a, a game. You know that uh, is boring. Like going to the game is one thing. I enjoyed. You know, I can you can you could get into it at the game. I've been to plenty of ball games. Most of which I enjoyed. I've seen some great stuff. Seen Nolan Ryan pitch his sixth no hitter. Um, saw Tony Bennett at a Giants game, right above us one time. Me and my lady. He was a uh, next next uh, next level up. And uh, seen some. I've seen uh, two grand slams in one game. Bob Boone and Brian Downing, the Angels, when they played the A's. My dad was an A's fan, so it kind of crushed him like a coconut to your head. But uh, but it's boring. It's just, you watch it on TV. Like, I would rather watch an old lady vomit. There's nothing going on. There's nothing happening. Like it's just kind of it's different now, right? It's out of touch. You know, back in the day when they were working, working class stooges, you know, there's regular dudes, you know, and now they're like these fucking roided up a rod, you know, AI robots. And uh, so yeah, I don't, uh, but shout out to Aaron Judge. I didn't re I when let's see so when. <sighs> Maguire broke the uh, home run record in 98, I think it was, when he hit 70. That was a, that was, it was interesting, but it was like, you just know these guys are roided up, right? They're just roided out of their heads, you know, denied it, denied it, denied it, distracted, deny, you know, confirm, deny, redirect. And, um... And then when uh, Bonds, what did he hit, 72 in 2002? I mean, again, it's like, come on, bro. Your, your head size, your hat size changed seven, seven sizes, bro. And you're not doing roids. Okay. But I didn't realize that the American League record, the American League record was still at 61 by Roger Maris. Unbelievable. Nobody's past 61. But Aaron Judge from Farmington, California. I drove... My uh, my youngest and I drove through Farmington on the way to. Yep, Farmington, California, middle of nowhere. There's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. Like I drove there between Modesto and Jackson um, this last weekend. I've gone through there once or twice. There's literally, I mean, there's literally nothing there. It's like one of those towns. that's like a four-way stop. There's an old abandoned. It looks like it might be an abandoned building that used to be maybe a grocer, like a small time farm, you know, a family run grocer, you know, with a wood deck that wraps around the, you know, and then across the street is like a food, couple of food trucks and an old, you know, building that's probably also abandoned. Like literally that's Farmington. Like there's nobody there. There's like population seven. Right. And that's where this cat's from this fucking, Cyborg, you know, what is he, 6'5", 240, just a beast. But congratulations, Aaron Judge. 
Local boy. Local boy. We got some good local boys, you know. We got the Diaz brothers out of Stockton. We got Aaron Judge out of uh, Farmington, which is due east of Stockton uh, by about 10 minutes, if that. Um, shit. Teddy Bruski is from Roseville. The great Patriot linebacker. Um, well, you got TB12 from San Mateo. San Mateo represent. And, uh, oh, and, ba- and Barry Bond, of course. They went to the same high school. Uh, speaking of speaking of giant noggins. And poor Brady. Hey, you know what? Everybody's probably going to pile on him now because he's getting divorced. But fuck it. I mean, life goes on, right? Like, it just is what it is. I've got little to no, nothing to add on that. I, I have no... I have no hate for either side I mean he's just a guy that's uh, he uh, he's an entity unto himself uh, likes to play still feels he can he better pull his head out of his ass he's two and two right now he's got the Falcons coming up uh, this Sunday uh, should be able to beat the Falcons but uh, I kind of knew like something had to give against the Chiefs because the Chiefs were coming off a loss too and that's a, that's it a, that's all I'm gonna say about it like you know, he's still the greatest of all time. Who did I just see somebody say something about who said that? Somebody said uh, some old some old barnacle. Some old crotchety old barnacle said he's not the great like he said Montana is the best. Bro, look, don't be a hater, man. Like that's hate is so 2016 right like we're still in the midst of all the hate you know and cancellation and you know shitting on everybody making up stuff I mean we got Herschel Herschel Walker the anti-abortion running on the Republican ticket who paid for his girlfriend's abortion well all right you know you can't spell Republican without hypocrisy but um Herschel Walker, though, another great fucking great... I remember watching him... God, when I was nine years old, I watched him in college, Georgia. What a fucking running back. Just a beast. But, dude, CTE's running your campaign, dog. Like, too many head injuries. Great running back, bad politician. Um, But... Nevertheless, there's there's more life. There's more there's more going on than, you know, just this gross ass political scene that's going on. It's just it's like we're digressing. We've crested the hill, folks. The uh, our, our our lifespan is going down now. It used to be what seventy nine, seventy eight, and now it's down to like seventy six, seventy five. Like we've crested, we've peaked as a society. This is the, this is the, uh, you know, the beginning of the end. It's like the Roman Empire, you know, they were around a lot longer than we were. We've accomplished more in a shorter time, but it's, you know, it's the, it's the tale of modern technology, modern stuff. You know, we're talking about, you know, it took forever, it took took hundreds of years to figure out the assembly line and then in the last five years we've done 
you know, exponentially more than that just in the last five years. But like I say, here today, gone today. But uh, yeah, it's a weird world right now. Um, I don't like to focus on it right now, so I'm not. So I was having, a, what I, is what I really wanted to kind of touch on is I was having lunch with uh, my lady uh, yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon. And uh, we were talking about kind of getting in the groove, you know. Boy, you got to prove your love to me, you know, like a Madonna song. <laughs> Get into the groove. No, actually, we were talking about just kind of getting on track with things. You know, she's kind of, she's getting back into church and uh, trying to just get dialed, you know. And she was, she was, um, she was getting a little down on herself, which, um, it's hard to not, I mean, in, in, in any course of self-improvement, you know, there's always that self-critical um, zone that you kind of linger in. If, if you're, if you're doing it right, you're going to that's where you're going to, you're going to do it. Everyone's got their own pace. And, but I, I'd, I'd come up off the cuff, off the cuff. I said to her, you know what, you know, we, uh, we drink, we safely drink from rivers, but not a swamp, right? And, uh, <laughs> which it just popped out. Like, I'm like, that's a really, I guess it's a good metaphor for like, like things that are stagnant are, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of diseased, you know? Like, um, like a swamp, you know? You're not gonna. There's absolutely no way anybody in their right mind would just dip their little tin cup into a swamp to take a gulp. But a river that's flowing, that's moving, that's bubbling with energy and life, absolutely. Nine times out of ten, 99 times out of 100, you're going to be all right. Just a nice, cool, moving stream, right? That's what they say. That's what they say. The idea being is, uh, uh, in, in, in my regard anyway, see... So, the holidays are shortly upon us, which is a double-edged sword for me. I love it, but I hate it. I hate it the same because I think they're stupid. But at the same time, I like clowning on the uh, the holiday movies. You know, I love it. I'm just going to start tearing up Charlie Brown here in the next couple episodes. I'm going to start deconstructing it. To start de, you know, kind of taking it apart piece by piece, examining it. Like, what's really what's what's really going. <laughs> but, but what I'm getting at is that, uh, well, first of all, um, I, it's, it's incumbent, it's incumbent upon me to get out every morning. I have to, I, it, um, I am compelled. Um, and it's sometimes it's hard, but not a lot. Most of the time it's I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, re- I'm, there's a natural momentum to it. Like something you do almost do subconsciously, you know, you get, you know, you get up, you have some coffee and then you put your shoes on and you go. Right. And, uh, when you get out there, you start feeling like, okay, I get it now. Like the blood flow to the brain you're stimulating your neurotransmitters. You're thinking. It's where I do my best thinking. 
in the morning you're fresh, you know, you're firing on all cylinders, you know, and uh, so it's kind of, and it's been, it came out, I think I mentioned this a couple podcasts ago, like it's determined now scientifically, I don't, and I don't know how they came up with this, but 9,800 steps is the best thing to fight off dementia. My dad's got dementia. So instead of doing anything, I'm for, for Thanksgiving, I'm going to go hang out with my dad. My dad's in a, uh, he's in a, um, one of those, uh, I don't know what they, they have a certain label for him now. It's called, um, uh, it's, it's oriented for the dementia related, uh, those that are inflicted by kind of a, a, um, you know, mental hindrance of sorts, you know, it's, it's a lockdown facility because they'll wander off. Right. So, and, uh, I hadn't seen him in a long time. And, uh, so I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go up there. And I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with him, but he did a lot of walking, uh, the last few years before he, uh, just couldn't anymore before he started kind of getting, uh, I don't know, confused and stuff. So I, I guess, I don't know, by some serendipitous turn of events, I just kind of started doing that, you know, oh, whatever it was, a year and a half ago or so, I started kind of, I started by wandering around that lake over at Laguna de Balsac over there, did a couple laps around the lake, then I do about three laps, then I do four laps, then I got to the point where I'm doing like, how many steps, you know, I'm counting the steps, and, and just now it's like, I have to do this, like, I'm a hiker now, like, I'm a hiker, but... But I'm also now, I mean, I'm an ex-runner. So it it's starting to kind of like um, those old embers, those old embers in the fire that was put out a long time ago when I used to run competitively, like they're starting to get stoked a little. It's starting to get bigger. They're starting to spread. So what am I going to, uh, so Thanksgiving, I'm going to uh, sign up for this turkey trot. Like there's a turkey trot every in any town, over like 20,000 people, I mean, across the nation, on Thanksgiving morning, there's a turkey trot, right? It's usually a 5K or a 10K or both. And it just dawned on me, like, what? I started looking, you know, I kind of got into, like, looking at ultras and stuff like that. But I'm not I'm not going to do that, you know, not yet. But I thought, you know what? I kind of got inspired by uh, some of these, uh, these little muffin tops that were running at the you know, breast cancer awareness run, uh, back on the end of September. So like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run in a turkey trot. You know, I'm not trying to, not trying to break any, you know, age group records of any sort. I just want to get out. I just feel compelled. Right. But, but it's about, uh, you can feel it in, in your head. It's like, it, and it's not a shy, like, it just seems back in the day, like all the runners, like the running community is kind of weird. They're kind of, they're so strange. They're like, they're like a bunch of athletic librarians, right? They're really kind of like, they're all kind of liberally minded. There's not a lot of staunch Republic, you know, like hardcore, like, you know, right wing, like flat topped Republican types, except for maybe BYU. You know, and they got a good team. Ed Eystone, he's running that team. Um, two-time Olympian. Great marathoner. Great 10,000-meter runner. Great cross-country runner. But, uh, but no, so 
what, but what it is, is you just, uh, looking back on it, it's like a, it's a recognition of kind of like being inundated with dopamine, you know, it's like the greatest drug there is and it's free. So you get out there and it stimulates all the, all this neuroplasticity, right? You can do it. You feel like you can do anything. You feel like you can think, say, do, run, leap, anything. You just, you know, do you want to you want to start a podcast? I can fucking do that. I just hiked fucking seven miles. I feel like I can do anything now, right? So it keeps those pathways open, and it's it it, it certainly uh, yeah, it got me back up and running and back up, kind of out of that stagnation, right? It's stagnation will kill the uh, it, you know. I was listening uh, to this pharmaceutical rep or uh, a company. This guy owns a pharmaceutical company. Say that eighty-two uh, percent of all all-cause mortality is preventable, meaning eighty-two percent, just over eight out of ten. So, is you can prevent heart disease. You can seemingly. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I would include this in there too. Is dementia or or you know brain ailments, CTE. Um, Bone deterioration, lung deterioration, uh, kidney failure, organ failure, you know, stuff that is uh, prone to abuse, right? Through different methods, alcohol, drugs, uh, lack of exercise, blah, blah, blah. But all cause mortality, stuff that uh, everything in and around the sun is preventable. Meaning, and that's. I mean, outside of your DNA, if your DNA says you're going to go bald, you're going to go bald. All right. But, um, but if you're born with, I mean, the majority of people are born with a working, good working valves, heart, brain, and, uh, it's up to you to do with that, what you, uh, you know, deem necessary. So, so I have, I mean, my grandmother had dementia. My dad's got dementia. Uh, my, my mom's side of the family now they're all virtual they're on their borderline uh, bulletproof they all live to be high 80s low 90s uh, indestructible types and they did everything they could you know as far as like poor diet smoking uh, to try and kill themselves but uh, so I don't know which way I don't you know it's a 50-50 road for me right it's uh, you know two lanes Two, two roads diverged in the woods. Which one am I going to take? So uh, it's imperative to me anyway um, to keep those brain pathways lubed at all times, right? So, and it can't, I mean, so this is, but in so doing, you could make, you could do, you could have fun with it, right? So I'm going to do this fucking turkey truck, 5K. I'm getting my producer in on it. She says she's down. Uh, I told I told my 20 year old about it. She's down. She's thinking of, she wanted to do some run. I said, "Well, come on up." I sent her the link. So, um, so that's what I don't know. I think that's going to start a, a holiday tradition. I'm, that's that's the goal anyway. But speaking of BYU, so uh, they just last weekend was the London Marathon and. Amos Kipratu. Amos Kipratu was the winner at two, like 204.39. Like fucking stupid. Like these guys are running 
hard fucking core. Like, um, I think he was, he was the favorite going in and, uh, he was one of about three people that could make a run at the world, the new world record that, uh, what's his name? Yulid, Iliad Kipchoge just, just ran his, uh, breaking his own world record, 201.09. So, God, that's so fast. God damn, that's fast. And so, uh, yeah, so anyway, this guy, Amos Kipper, too, uh, I'm sure I'm saying his name wrong, too, but, um, he won at like 204.39. Um, Kinanisa uh, Bakile from Ethiopia, who was arguably probably the best, greatest, most lethal distance run in the world in the last decade. Um, he's uh, he broke the world masters record. He ran like two hundred five fifty three for over forty year olds. Two hundred five fifty three. That's fucking gnarly. Fuck, man. But um. But speaking of BYU, so I read this morning that Connor Mance, the uh, the BYU grad, a two-time NCAA cross-country champ, who I think is the only the only human being to ever win an NCAA cross-country championship twice in the same year, which is a weird anomaly because they they didn't have twenty. 2020 I think the 2020 race was delayed until 2021 and then 2021 was run in 2021 so both they ran one at the beginning of 2021 and then they ran this the actual 2021 10,000 or NCAA cross country championship uh, the end of 2021 when it normally happens in November and uh, anyway, so he won last. And he's a stud. Like, he's a sub 28 10K runner. He's got a really. Uh, he's got a real uh, gregarious running style. It. To me, and what do I know? Doesn't, it doesn't seem conducive to. Um, a marathon. But he was talking about debuting. He was talking about how he talked to his coach at Eyestone, what it takes to run a 208, and which would be phenomenal, like a fucking debut at 208. Because he was, he was, I think he was kind of trolled by old Ed Eyestone there, and they, he was told that 208 is like a 450 pace, but it's not. It's faster than that. But I think Ed Eystone just wanted to make him feel comfortable at a, at a 450. Because 450 is doable. 450 is like, that's a 30-minute, that's 30, that's about 30 flat for you every 10K. And this guy's run under 28 on the track. And he, you know, he he's a tough motherfucker, this guy. So, but it led me to think like, okay, wow. So he's shooting for 208. That's the Chicago Marathon. That's coming up this Sunday. Like I'm stoked. Like I, I'm I'm pumped. Like because that's a fast course. You like they just ran three of these fast course marathons back to back to back. Berlin, London, Chicago. So Chicago's going down this Sunday. It's going down for real. Going down for real. But um, but 208 now. 
So to put things into perspective though, now 208 would be phenomenal, particularly your debut marathon. But 208 is what Alberto Salazar ran in 1981 at uh, uh, either 80 or 81. I want to say it was 81. His debut uh, in the New York City Marathon, he ran 208.13 in a debut. Day fucking bu. 208.13 at the time was the world record, but it was when it was remeasured came up. I think they said like uh, something like 150 meters short or something. So it wasn't, it was never ratified. It was the world record unofficially for a little while, for a few months or maybe a year. And then they, they kind of took it away. They snatched it away from it but due to the 150, but 150 meters is like, what are you talking about? Like 20 seconds, 30, 30 seconds. So I think that oh, they might have even they might have even corrected the time. Hypothet- they gave him a hypothetical world record, but nonetheless, okay. So he runs two hundred eight thirteen his debut. He was in Oregon. He was still in college at the University of Oregon. Like that motherfucker was tough. So he was like he had to be like twenty or twenty one. Maybe he was about twenty one. I think he's twenty one when he ran that. So Alberto Salazar. That so. And that was 81, 41 years ago. So in 41 years, we're still hoping for a debut of 208 like that. And if Connor Mance could run 208, like that would be pretty epic. Like that would be pretty big. Because uh, typically like a lot of these guys, they, they didn't drop down or they didn't, they didn't go up to the marathon until later in life. Like Kenanisa Bakila. Um, they typically waited till they're in their 30s, maybe, or, or late 30s, you know. There was a real, uh, I don't know if this is coming, this might be off subject, but there, for a while there, there was a small, like, elite class of, like, three, maybe four guys. I think three guys that broke four in the mile and broke 210 in the marathon. And it was Jeff Smith of Great Britain, who was a 209.08 marathoner. There was Rod Dixon, who was just one of those kind of New Zealand fucking freaks, you know. They, they run like, you know, 400 miles a week, but then they can run like a 143, 800 meters. He was a 208.59 marathoner and a sub-four marathoner. And then America's very own Greg Myers, of all people. Greg fucking Myers from like, I think it was from the Greater Boston Track Club, which is the same track club that uh, Alberto Salazar ran with when he was in high school, because he's from the East Coast. Well, he, 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 his parents defected from Cuba. He's Cuban. Uh, I think he was born in Cuba, but he was raised in Boston. So he hung out growing up in high school. He was a great, he was a phenomenal high school runner. Um, and, uh, but all slow twitch, no, no, no top end speed, no fast twitch muscle fiber. Just couldn't. He, I mean, he couldn't break. I don't know if he could. I don't know if he's ever run under two minutes and a half, let alone a four hundred mile. But anyway, so Greg Myers of all people, two hundred nine flat and then sub four mile. That's pretty remarkable. But nowadays it's like par for the like you have to like you have to be a sub four miler if you're going to compete in the marathon, right? 
And I don't think Connor Mance is that, but he's a tough son of a bitch, and I'm looking forward to... Uh, I'm pumped. You know? I'm excited. This is a big deal. Um, so... We'll see what shakes loose. All the, you know... Um, I don't know. There's also kind of like when it, I mean talking about. There's a little, you know, it's, what's odd is like talking about performance enhancing drugs, PEDs, with uh, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and all these motherfuckers. There was a little bit of controversy that's been. Swir- I I haven't read enough uh, on it because uh, they've already instituted the instituted the ban, but. Um, none of that really existed back in the day in the eighties of, of running, you know, it was really, I mean, the running in the eighties was a fairly new thing. Like Jim Fix had just come out with that book in the seventies, um, the joy of running or whatever it was. And, um, but it kind of, it kind of built up a head of steam and, um, much like hiking is now in ultra marathons, you know, it's like, it's like running 2.0 now, modern, modern era type stuff. And because back in the day, like nobody had, nobody got bumped. You know, the only kind of controversy in the, in the, back in the day was in the seventies with uh, Lassie Viren in the Olympics and the 5,000, 10,000, he doubled in the uh, 72 and 76. I think he won, he doubled in both and won both. And, but he was never, like, phenomenally great. Um, any other time, he was good. Very good. But not like he was in the Olympics. And there was always rumors of blood doping, which is this practice, uh, if you're not familiar with it, I think it's where you, f- you, you extract blood, you freeze it, and then you re-inject it uh, as it thaws and give you more oxygen in your blood. So there was always... There was always controversy and rumors swirling around him like why did he only win the Olympics right so um, but Salazar got banned based on some some lab synthesized stuff uh, some rumors swirling around that he was uh, coaching a couple of runners and had kind of corrupted their Programs with something similar to that in that arena, which is so, is so it seems like uh, odd. It seems anti anti running, anti Roberto Sal or Alberto Salazar for sure. Like he just that guy was fucking. He's one of the toughest motherfuckers alive. I mean, he's up there with like Goggins. You know, I mean, he would run himself into the ground. Like in the eighty, I think it was eighty two Boston Marathon. It was called the Duel in the Sun against Dick Beardsley. They were both coming down, coming off a heartbreak hill, just neck and neck, and it was hot. It was a hot, hot, hot day, and they were going toe to toe, and all the way down to the wire. Beardsley pushed Salazar to a 208.52, uh, to Beardsley's 208.53 or 54, and uh, Alberto Salazar. They were gonna. He almost died. He almost. They were giving him last rites. They packed him in ice. Like they thought he was. He was a goner. This guy's, his blood pressure was too low or something. And uh, but it, so he's one of those guys, right? 
So it just kind of seems odd that that there would be that we, he would be mixed up with that. But uh, but his runners, uh, he had uh, he was coaching at the time Mo Farah and Galen Rupp, who went one two in the uh, 2012 Olympic 10,000 meters. And uh, Mo Farah, uh, he got uh, out from under the tutelage of Salazar because I for that very reason he didn't want to get mixed up with that. So there must be I don't know there must be some credibility to it. I don't know. Galen Rupp gets really, really defensive when you bring it up. He doesn't answer questions about it. And but he's he's a stud. He was he was a stud in high school and college and uh two time Olympic medalist, three time Olympian. Um but it just doesn't it, the running community, like I say, they, they seem like an like a, an overly cerebral kind of passive 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 pacifistic liberal minded kind of getting high on endorphins you know maybe have one or two beers you're good like they're not troublemakers they're not these arrogant x x games fucking you know obnoxious kind of dudes named kyle with their monster energy drinks and their lifted trucks and shit like that they're just runners man they're just geeks they're just geeks who couldn't make the fucking football team right so (laughs) so so that's what but yours truly man every day i'm looking more and more italian in the great in the great uh in the great tradition of italian runners particularly marathoners uh, the uh the great jalindo bordin the uh 88 olympic gold medalist from italy uh gianni poli who won the uh what was it 90 was it 90 91 uh new york marathon gianni poli um i'm looking more and more italian so you know what that means it's time to run baby gonna get gonna get my run on gonna ain't nothing gonna break on our stride nobody gonna slow me down oh no oh no but uh I'm looking forward to it. And, um, but yeah, other than that, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to survive, man. I had a dream the other night. I was, I was born 12 months premature. I don't know what that means. Um, you know, the sixties were, a, you know, sixties were a wild decade, but John, you were born in 71. Shut the fuck up. Um, other than that, no. I mean, the old noggin, other than, you know, using it to separate my ears, is held up pretty good so far. I mean, I just, uh, I can only, I'm, I'm only as God made me. <laughs> I'm just trying to do the best I can. Oh, but getting back to the holidays, though, honestly, like, I'm just, I, they haven't even begun yet, and I'm over them. I'm over the holidays. I'm only looking forward to... Uh, well, football. I got football coming up. And um, all the holiday specials. I'm going to crack every one of those like a walnut. From the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, to Ichabod Crane, to Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Uh, and then as we ease on into... You know, and it's as fitting as I... You know, as fitting as it seems when you really step back and look at it there aren't too many thanksgiving holiday specials animated wise uh, you know live animation regular cartoon 
You name it. Because you know what? You know why? Because fucking. Because Thanksgiving fucking sucks, right? It's the only day you buy an entire turkey. Because are you buying turkey any other time of the year, especially a whole bird? Absolutely not. Um, it's built on a false premise. The only Thanksgiving special I can think of is Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving, and that one sucks. So, uh, so Thanksgiving. So that the month of November, I'm glad it's. I think it's only yeah, 30 days. I'm glad it's only 30 days. You know, get it out of the way. The faster, the better. Um, I think I talked shit about it last year too, but, um, but yeah. I'm already over the holidays. I'm already over the holidays. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to football, cross country, um, college cross country, world cross country. Um, and other than that, man, other than that, man, I don't know, man, 60s were fun, man. Like, if you don't remember the 60s, if you remember the 60s, man, you don't. You didn't do it right. <laughs> All right. Shut up, man. What's wrong with you? Um. But uh, other, other than that, I don't know. I'll be some. Uh, let's see. What else? What the fuck else going on? Um. Nope. Other than some strange dreams and. Uh, just trying to keep my head together. Just trying to, just trying to make it through. Uh, oh God! And I got to do my taxes. Fuck! Forgot about that. Um, still got to do my taxes. But um, and uh, and it's still not right as we speak. It's ninety four degrees on October fifth. So, uh, so it's yeah. It's just a. It's just kind of. It's a crawl to the finish line again. It's a crawl to the finish line. Um, yeah, I don't know. My, I, I, I don't. I don't. I can't think of much much else to say. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So far. So far. Yeah. As of now, uh, you know, I checked the paper this morning. My name wasn't in the obituary column, so things are looking up. And I hope you guys are, you know, slowly get getting into fall here. And, uh, you know, everyone's uh, running each other off the road to get up into the foothills to go look at orange leaves and, uh, you know, buy apple pies and uh, different colored corn and their husks to decorate their houses in, in, in 94 degree weather. So... You know, you make a couple of adjust- adjustments and, uh, you know, have a little apple cider and uh, just just survive, man. Just survive, you know? And, uh, and, uh, just kidding. Anyway, um, that's about it for now. Uh, I love each and every one of you, and I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, babies.